Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 422, recorded live on Saturday, July 25th, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who's back this week, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who will not be doing the random review this week or re-roofing Dave's house, Andy Lowe. Hi. Why would you be re-roofing my house? That was the random topic last week. Ah, what, wait, what was the random topic last week? You didn't listen. I was going to say you didn't listen to last week's episode. Granted, I haven't listened to the one with uh, you and Beth and Bry, which I really need to do that at some point. Yep. Russell Crowe singing I'm a Little Teapot holding the ladder for Andy while re-roofing David's house. Yes. Interesting. Yes. It's an odd topic. Yes, yes, it is. I, I need to listen to this show now. Okay. No, you are not re-roofing my house. I'm not re-roofing my house, actually. How often do you need to re-roof the house? Oh, roof lifetimes, I think. A span. If I remember correctly, it's about 15 to 18 years, I think, if you're using asphalt shingles. Okay. Let me... Let's see. How often should you re-roof your house? Asphalt shingles, three tabs, 15 to 18 years. Boom. Nice. Point to me. Asphalt shingles, architectural, 24 to 30. Metal roof, 30 to 45. Concrete tile, 35 to 50. Holy crap. Should just do a concrete tile and call it a day. Except that it's really heavy, I assume. Really heavy and probably really expensive. Yeah. So no, neither of us are re-roofing my house. No. We don't need to. For at least... 15, they, I, I think years. they actually had it re-roofed. Oh, good. Relatively recently, so yeah. Good. We we have time. Yeah. Would you would you help me re-roof the house, Andy? Why? If I had Russell Crowe singing, I'm a little teapot. No. Damn. If I had Russell Crowe not singing, <laughs> if you just had Russell Crowe there, yeah, he could bring us drinks. <laughs> You're the hey worst guys. host ever. You have Russell Crowe at your house, and he's bringing you drinks. Hey guys, how, how's it going up there on the roof, guys? That, that is my Russell Crowe impression. That is a worse Russell Crowe impression than... Because it's not actually an impression of Russell Crowe. <laughs> it's a joke, Andy. It's a joke. All right. In any case, yeah, I'm back. Woo! Can't do next uh, Saturday. <laughs> Just as an FYI. <laughs> You're serious? I'm open next Sunday, but not next Saturday. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I'm just finding this hilarious. Are you open next Saturday, but not next Sunday? No, I think I'm open both days. Okay, so we'll record on Sunday. It's not like it's the first time that's happened. True. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Dave and Andy Arguing. Well, I'm just thinking the next week next weekend after that is when both of us are up north. Yep, which means we could technically just record in person. Yes, we could. I've always wanted to actually just take the laptop down to the beach. And record on the beach? On the beach while we're just sitting in the beach like, chairs. Put some towels down, some pe- beach chairs down, sit and listen to the waves. <laughs> Welcome to the Random Access Podcast. For the next hour, you will hear the sounds of the surf of Lake Michigan. Yes. And nothing else. <laughs> I'll be sitting here reading a book. <laughs> I'll sleep. It'll be the best episode ever. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I gotta remember to, um, because, uh, Ready Player One guy, Ernest... Klein. His new book is out. Armada. Yeah, I've got my copy on hold at the library right now. Ooh, physical book? Yes. You gonna bring it with you to the cabin? Yes. That book is going to be the whore of the cabin. <laughs> Because everyone will want to read it. Well, I'll try and get through it as much, as fast as possible. Right. But I don't think you understand. Anytime you put the book physically down, someone else will pick it up. Am I going to like look at the book and suddenly there's going to be like six different bookmarks inside it? That may happen. <laughs> Maybe easier just to get like a little whiteboard and write down everyone's current page number. Then All you right. know who you can talk to about spoilers. It uh, could be. I am so looking forward to the cabin, by the way, just so you know. It's going to be nice. Yeah. Take a step away from everything after all. Especially, oh, it was, we were supposed to do upgrading to our automation software that week. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is going to be perfect. I'm going to leave once everything's done on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then go up on Friday. And it'll be perfect. It'll be like, I won't have to stress about any of the automation stuff. It will all be done. Nice recouping. But now that's got delayed. Oh, no. That's all right. Looking forward to it, though. Very, very, very much looking forward to it. So, I don't think people are, are necessarily interested in listening to us go on and on about how amazing it's going to be to be at the cabin on the coast of Lake Michigan. We should probably talk about other things. Yes. Yes, we should. Because it's going to be so amazing on the coast of Lake Michigan in August. 
So, um, I don't know how I got into ThinkGeek, but somehow I'm on ThinkGeek right now. You're on ThinkGeek? Yeah. Not sure how I got here either. They, what, what do you mean you're not sure how you got there? Suddenly I had a tab open and suddenly I'm on ThinkGeek. Andy, <laughs> get out of ThinkGeek. Close it. I was going to use that as a segue. I, I know. I'm, I know exactly what segue you're using it for, which also probably explains how you got onto the website. Probably. I probably got there through one of the other websites, yeah. Yeah, well, because there's a topic about ThinkGeek. Yes. Because Hot Topic was going to buy ThinkGeek. Yes. And then ThinkGeek got stolen out from under them. Yes. By GameStop. For a deal of around $140 million. Okay. It's actually not too much. I mean, with, relative to the numbers we often throw around on this show. Yeah, that is true. It's like... Well, especially since there's going to be a number we're going to throw around later in the episode. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's going to dwarf this one by a lot. But yeah, 140 right. yeah. million for an online retail store. For an online retail store, yeah, 140 million dollars. I still don't understand the reason, but okay. So again, there's there's a crossover of, of clientele. Yeah. No. Right. GameStop CEO said that this acquisition is another example of our ongoing efforts to leverage our core competencies to diversify and expand into new and growing categories. I when read was that. This, when was this official? Hmm? When was it official? When did they? finish the the takeover uh i do believe it was earlier this week monday okay i think it was actually on monday so i'm looking at their stock and it it has had completing the takeover has had no appreciable impact on the stock well it's because the stock went off of the news that they're going to be taken over yep it's just like we saw that with the whole comcast time Warner. warner merger was the the stock as soon as they announced that Comcast and Time Warner were going to merge, then the stock just, you know. Yep. But as we know, that did not go through, and then the stock fell back Rest. down again. Yeah, It reversed course as soon as the FCC was like, mmm. No. <laughs> so they say the collectibles category is a rapidly growing segment, and GeekNet, which is the parent company of ThinkGeek, provides us with a strong consumer brand, product development expertise, and meaningful vendor partnerships, all of which position us to become the market leader. We welcome the GeekNet team and their ThinkGeek brand into the GameStop family of brands. There's a family of brands for GameStop? Um, don't they have a magazine? They do, don't they? I mean, if we have to ask about the branding, then it's it's not very good branding. No. Right. Uh, they also own EB Games. Other brands and concept. Okay, so yeah, Game Informer, the magazine. Uh-huh. Uh, GameStop PC downloads. Okay. GameStop TV. What? In-store television network. Oh. Uh, and GameStop Kids. Oh, they they had bought Spawn Labs, but then they shut that down. Yeah. And looking at these GameStop acquisitions, and then they have them, and then they shut them down, and then they have them, and then they shut them down. So Hot Topic was going to pay about a hundred and twenty-two million. Yes. GameStop paid a hundred and forty million, and ThinkGeek paid Hot Topic an undisclosed amount for not uh going through for with saying, their... sorry we went with someone else it's like returning the down payment which there probably wasn't a down payment no which my guess hopefully that termination fee was uh greater than 20 million dollars or less than 20 million dollars yeah i was gonna say hopefully it's greater than that's that's a little vicious that is a little vicious yeah sorry my i meant less than. less than yeah for, for otherwise why didn't they just go with hot topic yep so that's a thing now. GameStop owns ThinkGeek. When you go to GameStop, potentially you can now see things from ThinkGeek, which is a little terrifying, actually. You could get the Mega Man Mega Buster gun replica for only $80. Right. This is why it's terrifying is because if I walk into a GameStop now and I see stuff from ThinkGeek, I'm going to be like, ooh, pretty. I'm sure I can find someone who wants this Star Trek onesie for their toddler. I have plenty of friends who are having babies. I can get this now, and I'll have it in like three years when they need it. Are you just you gonna hoard stuff in your basement? Because that seems a little creepy. Uh, yeah, maybe. Let's, let's move on. What else we have? Twitch. Twitch TV, a topic so nice we posted it twice. Oops. Oh, I didn't see yours. Sorry, I will remove mine since mine is later. Thank you. Twitch, following the conversation from last week that I was not a part of, but do understand that it happened, uh, Flash is in trouble. Yeah. Which is to say the rest of the world finally caught up to where Apple was six years ago and is now saying, you know, we're kind of tired of all the security holes in here. 
unlike what Apple did six years ago, now there's actually a replacement in place. But more and more sites are dropping Flash and Think, not Think Geek. Wow, there we go. That's a previous topic. Twitch, Twitch TV is dropping Flash support. For brand new HTML5 and JavaScript. Yep. So sorry, those of you still using Netscape 3.1 or IE9. It's time to get a modern browser that supports HTML5 and do away with Flash. Okay, I just want to make sure that JavaScript and Java, they're two separate things, right? Yes. Okay. Why? Well, it's just for the fact that Chrome is dropping Java as well. Chrome is dropping Java. Yeah, no, if you, if you Google that one, Chrome and Java... It's with Chrome 42, they are um, only allowing uh, Java to be run, I think it's in like basically their sandbox mode. Okay, that's for like Chrome extensions. Yes. Ah, okay. Like websites don't depend on Java on the client side. Right. Chrome extensions do. Yeah. Uh, so you can also re-enable it. It's not that now. they're dropping support, they're just... For now. Yeah? In Is it September, just for now? In September, plans, they, they are going to remove support completely. Well then. Yeah, which kind of sucks because um, do you do you use plugins that use Java? Yes, including our Dell servers. Uh, the they're called iDRAC, which is basically Dell's ability to remote into a computer. Oh, Dell Remote Access Control. That's what DRAC stands for. Oh, so integrated Dell Remote Access Controllers uh, allow you. If if I had a server up in Lansing right now that was completely hard locked, like no keyboard, no mouse, nothing, it is stuck. Normally, like if you try and go in through like your Team Viewer or some other sort of remote software, you wouldn't be able to do anything because you'd be basically trying to remote into a brick, right? Mm-hmm. The DRAC allows you to basically remote into almost the BIOS, where you can tell it remotely to do a hard reset. Hmm. The only problem is that software runs off of Java. Well, but that's that's not Chrome that's doing it, right? That's well, an independent piece of software. It's run through a Java web-based something-something. Java web-based something-something. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I it I can't get it to run on. Um, well, yeah, okay, so part that one's that one's Java applet, I do believe, run. So that no, you're right. That one actually won't matter on Chrome because it's a separate entity. Right. Our, That's an applet running through Java. It's not yeah. actually part of the browser. Okay, so that one's a Java thing with Java 8, and it won't work. So that's a whole other story. Yes. Okay, going to this one, our um, audio over IP backbone network uses Java for its real-time display, which is run through a web browser, which is Chrome. Uses Java, run through a web browser. When you say these words, I'm yes. not sure that they are the situation that you think they are. Okay, in order to change some of our audio over IP network backbone, uh-huh. I have to open up a Chrome, and I have to go to a web address, which is the node that I have to basically try and change. Uh-huh. And to look at the real-time display, it loads Java. Java or JavaScript? Java. Remember, is that Java, in, again, in the sense of an applet? Well, it, it tells me that my the extension uh, is not able to be run. Okay. So it is an extension in this case. Yes. Ah, yes. Then you have a problem. Yes. So sorry, I have another problem that's also Java related, but not on this topic. My apologies on that one. Yeah. Okay. Well sorry. then. Sorry about that rabbit hole, but uh, that was a hell of a rabbit hole. <laughs> that was deep. But yeah, Chrome, Java, and Flash. It's so just... Chrome's dropping Java support, and a lot of things are dropping Flash support. Mm-hmm. Now there's. I have mixed feelings on this, because on the one hand, yes, evidently Apple was correct, and yes, they were correct like six years ago, right? The original iPhone said, eh, we're not supporting Flash, it's a dead system. Yes. At the same time, they were wrong, because Flash lasted for six more years. Yeah. And they, yeah, they, they got rid of it, but they didn't really have anything in place to replace it. No, they had, they were, they, everybody knew that HTML5 was coming out, but no surprise with any of the internet standards, it takes a while. Time. Takes a lot of time. So I on the one hand, yes, Apple was correct. On the other hand, no, they weren't correct. They they jumped the gun, as it were. Mm-hmm. If they made the decision now, it would absolutely be correct. Yeah. But oh, back then, no. Nope. Back then, no. Nope, 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 nope. Space? Space. Space. Some cool space stuff. Did you guys talk about yeah, you talked about the Pluto pictures. Yes. Yes, Aww. we did. 
I missed the discussion of the Pluto pictures. I'm sorry. There's some really cool pictures. Where's New Horizon going now, anyway? I know there was uh, a... Away? <laughs> well, they had planned on doing it at a uh, towards something else. Uh, away? Let's see what NASA says New Horizon is doing now. Come on, where's the NASA website? There it is. New Horizons. So this is not a topic, but also space-related. Uh, the Smithsonian is crowdsourcing to try and save Neil Armstrong's spacesuit. Which makes me ask, why is the Smithsonian crowdsourcing for this thing? Why are they losing the spacesuit? No, seriously, why are they losing the spacesuit? I, I don't know, but they need to, like, I think because it's degrading over time. Okay, so it's not like they have to turn it over somewhere. No. It, they it's just, just falling apart. Yes. A spacesuit from the 60s that wasn't meant to last for 80 years. Yes. Well, 50 years. Wow, this NASA website is not telling me what the current mission status is. I just see more pictures of Pluto, which I'm okay with. New Horizons, Maine. NASA's new team finds haze flowing ice on Pluto. Whoa, that's cool. Related topics, related information, learn more. Click here to see where the spacecraft is now. Okay. Kuiper Belt. Spacecraft is expected to head farther into the Kuiper Belt to examine one or two of the ancient icy mini worlds in that vast region and then it's going to run out of i think it's going either oh, a going to run out of power or it, it won't be able to, to broadcast yeah. yeah it's got plenty of power but yeah no it's it's like the um cosmos movie where the um the aliens send back the video of the berlin uh, olympics because that was supposedly the first tv broadcast that was powerful enough to go into space well you mean contact yeah sorry not cosmos both of them are Carl Sagan. Do I get half credit? No. No? No. But go on. The problem is the fact that there's still stuff in space, and so you're going to lose, you're going to lose basically volume. Well, you're losing volume because of the inverse square law. Yeah. No, the farther it travels, you just, it's... It's expanding it's been, in a sphere. Yeah. It is the same energy. That's that's what a broadcast is. You are you are shooting out energy. Yes. And it's in an expanding sphere. And so for every unit, every doubling of the radius of the sphere, so every twice out it goes, it is an eighth of the power because it has to cover the whole sphere. Yes. So, so it's going to be doing its thing. And nobody can hear it. Yeah. Granted, if the Chinese would hurry up and build their giant-ass radio telescope... That is a huge radio telescope. Brand new, gigantic radio telescope. Still oh, being, my God. St- still being built right now. So it hasn't yeah. been built yet. But the idea is going to be 500 meters in diameter, which Arecibo is only 300 meters. And I have, I've, I've been to Arecibo. That was... Oh, that's right, because you went to Puerto Rico. Yeah, that was one of the things, is we go to Puerto Rico, and I'm like, if we're in Puerto Rico... You have to see the Arecibo radio telescope. I, I have to go see Arecibo. Mind you, if for, you ever go for to... For those of you who aren't familiar with Arecibo, you are actually familiar with it. It's the giant dish in Goldeneye. Or Contact. And in Contact. Uh, it's, it's a telescope. It doesn't look like a telescope, because we're used to optical telescopes where we have to focus light. This is a radio telescope where you... It's, it's it's a giant satellite dish is what it yeah. is. It is an enormous satellite dish. This one is 300 meters. Uh, is that is that diameter or is that... 300 meters in diameter, yeah. Okay. And the Chinese one is 500 meters in diameter? 500 meters in diameter, yes. That's enormous. Yeah, no, I remember, I remember going to Arecibo and thinking of how huge it is. And I'm thinking this one is going to be Arecibo plus another basically half of this dish in diameter that's massive that is honest to goodness just massive i wonder if they're going to allow it to be part of the deep space network or not there's a deep space network deep space network yes it's what we use actually probably to communicate with things like new horizon there's three of them that are currently set up in the world one in california one in spain and one in australia so they're situated pretty much i forgot exactly how they call it but they're equal distant apart on a on the sphere almost so when um, when you're broadcasting back, these are basically just massive listening posts with huge satellite dishes and such. And every once in a while, they get Arecibo. If Arecibo is along that line, they get attached to it as well. Cool. It could be. I mean, it depends on how close to the equator it is in part. What's the purpose of the Deep Space Network? To, communi- to receive communications from satellite. It was actually the moon landing from Apollo, I do believe, was actually received down in Australia, because that was where it was currently pointed at the time. That was bad planning. 
Uh, I guess it isn't because they probably want to land during the day when their A crew would be freshest. But no, yeah, it was. It's it's basically just giant giant listening posts, and they just pass each other off to the next one every time the Earth rotates. Huh? Could be. I don't know. It's it's weird to build a telescope that big, a radio telescope that big. Mm-hmm. Like it's say it's saying Arecibo is not big enough to do the job. Or that we just want more time to be able to focus on things and study them. The interesting thing with Arecibo, though, is because it's it's pretty much fixed, right? Yeah, you can't point it. You can you can do some pointing by moving the the central, basically the receptor that the is pointing down towards the dish. You can move that around a little bit to kind of angle. Um, I mean, I I know some conics, and the dish is the parabola. Yes. And the whole point of the parabola is that any signal coming into the parabola is going to get bounced through the focus. Technically, it's anything that's coming in uh, parallel to the major axis, which is to say anything coming straight into the dish will get bounced through the focus. That's why you put the receiver at the focus. So moving the receiver around really isn't going to change that. Oh, oh, here we go. Okay, the primary reflector on the ground is a spherical reflector rather than parabolic parabolic reflector. The dome-shaped structure hanging in the air, which is that central area, contains a secondary reflector and a tertiary reflector. The entire structure can be moved along a bow-shaped track. This track, in turn, can also rotate. I see. Okay, so they can actually do it a little bit. That's what I thought. That's what I I remember from going to the the little like. I, okay, okay, I was wrong. Side note: anybody, if you ever go to Arecibo, go through the entire little museum science area first before you watch the video, because once you watch the video, they literally just lead you right outside to the dish. Mm-hmm. And there's not really any easy way to get back. Uh, Five hundred meters. You can get about 30, 30 degrees of sky, according to SETI at home. From Arecibo? Yes. That's huge. Yeah, no, it's still... 30 degrees of sky is a lot. Oh, sorry, 30 degrees of the zenith. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So it's actually 60 degrees of the sky. Yeah. That's but, a third of the sky. True, but then it's a third of the sky that's overhead of Arecibo. Right, but that's a third of the sky. Is that a third-ish? You know who we need to get on the show... <laughs> 30 degrees of, they said 30 degrees of the zenith? Yes. So draw a line going straight up from the ground. It is a cone that is 30 degrees around that spot. So it's a circle in the sky that is, okay. The real problem is that we're doing it with degrees and not radians, but yep. It's It's a lot. It's actually a fair amount of the sky. For a stationary dish, that's a lot of the sky. Yes. Okay. So my guess is this Chinese one is going to be similar, and since it is larger, we'll hopefully have more ability to move. I doubt you'll have much more. Okay. But it'll be able to pick up fainter signals. Because it's a bigger ear. Yep. They're hoping to use it for background radiation, mostly. Huge. Just absolutely huge. I love how there are no towns and cities within five kilometers and only one county center within 25 kilometers of this dish. So it's pretty... It's out there. Yeah, it's out there. That is remote. Okay. Well, that's a thing. It's a big thing. That's a big thing. What's What else is happening? That's space, right? That was uh, China and... Uh, we found Humorizes. an Earth, Earth-ish twin out there. An Earth-ish twin? Yes. Where's out there? How far Kepler away is this? 452b is located 1,400 light years from our sun. 1,000 light years? Yes. It's still within the Milky Way galaxy, though. So we got that for us. <laughs> okay. It is uh, orbiting a G2 host star, which is pretty... Sun-like. Yeah, it's sun-like. And so it's is, an Earth-like planet around a sun-like star. Yes. Which, in the habitable zone of that star. Yes. Let's see, what does it say? It receives... It's it's 5% farther from its star than Earth, but it receives 10% more energy because the other sun is 10% bigger than ours. So it's a pretty toasty little planet. Could be. So the other question always becomes, well, you found an Earth-like planet orbiting a sun-like star. Is it habitable? With our current technology, the answer right now is no. Yeah. Simply because we have no way to get to it. A thousand light years? Mm-hmm. Shine a laser at that star. 
a thousand years later it gets there. Think about it. If if they had a let's say there was civilized life on that planet. Not only is it habitable, it is inhabited. And they are currently scanning the sky and looking at Earth. They they wouldn't hear anything. A thousand years ago? 1900, the first radio telecommunication stuff was 19... Andy, what's a thousand years ago? 1915. No, that's a hundred. There you go. Sorry. 1015? <laughs> right. There you go. Numbers. Bah. Yeah, they, they wouldn't hear anything. It was... Some scientists are saying that um, it could be more like Venus or Neptune than Earth. Mm-hmm. So... Also bigger than Earth, isn't it? Yes. How it much? is... Five Earth masses. Whoa! And a radius about 1.63 times larger than Earth. What's the surface gravity on something like that? Assuming similar makeup to Earth. I'm asking the wrong person, aren't I? <laughs> um, well, if it's five times the Earth's mass, my guess is it's probably a right around 5G. Uh, it is incorrect, sir, because the size of the planet also matters. Oh, oh, because it'd be the, the density, wouldn't it? Uh, surface gravity is considerably stronger. That doesn't help. About twice as heavy. You'd feel about 2G. Okay. So well, I've learned a lot on this podcast. Livable, but not pleasant. Mm-mm. How would you like to all of a sudden weigh 300 pounds, Andy? I would be sad. My bones would It would be, be hard happy. to get out of bed. Yes, yes, it would. It would be really hard to get out of bed. So, yeah, the the surface gravity depends on not just how massive it is, but how big it is. Because it, it's the attraction of the stuff that's on the other side of the planet is weak. Okay. Well, so gravity, if you, if you think of the planet as a point in space, yes. you're going to feel the pull of all of that mass, right? Yes. If you are standing on that point, you will feel the pull of all of the mass, essentially the same strength. But as it grows, you are standing on the surface. Some of it is still right next to you, and you feel that pull just as strong. But some of it is moving further away from you. The pieces of the planet that are further away from you are not pulling you as strongly as the piece that you're standing on. Yes? Eh? Eh? I started to zone out there for a bit. No, no, no lie. Okay, think of it this way. You're on Earth. Yes. I collect all of Earth's mass and put it on the point right below your feet. Okay. Strong pull? Yes. I take we we reset. Okay. You're on Earth. Yes. I take all of Earth all of Earth's mass and put it on the point that is on the opposite side of Earth from where you are right now. Yes. Strong pull? Less so. Less strong. Yes. Right? So that's the thing is that some of the mass is already over there. Some of the mass is already on the other side of the planet and I'm just going to stop trying to convince you of this because I don't think it's going to matter. Trying to convince me of something that's 1,000 light years away that will never affect either one of us in the rest of our lives? Well, it's also why Mars has different... Never mind. Is there is there a fluctuation in the gravitational pull of Mars? Is that what no, you're saying? It, there's not a fluctuation in anything. It's just it's not dependent on the mass. Right. In any case, and not, not solely dependent on the mass. It is dependent on the mass, but not solely. Speaking of souls... Shoes! Shoes! After 98 years... Somebody has reinvented the Chucks. The Chuck Taylors? Chuck Taylors. Converse All-Stars. I tried one on a long time ago. I tried a, a Chuck. They were not comfortable. My brother's wedding, uh, he wanted everybody in Chucks, which was okay because it was an indoors wedding and the reception hall was the same area. Um, we were wearing Chucks. Those Chucks are now currently... Where are those Chucks? I think they're at work because I think those were my basically my Mr. Rogers shoes. Ah. Where I'd wear my big winter boots during the winter time and then change and then change so these actually look pretty nice they look, these address the concern that i had about chucks yes they look from like a distance chuck taylor's they look like chuck taylor's but instead of just cloth on a shoe sole yeah they're nike, actually shoes yeah nike has redeveloped the shoe so there's a new foam insert which is the same one they use in their running and basketball shoes um they have new um, perforated suede liner which improves breathability and then they've also what else do they got going on here so they got I don't the, know, they got the I'm, new they got a new size they got a new tongue which is, has some padding as well yep. and they got the new foam inserts on the inside yep. i'm amused that the article is talking about how expensive they are compared to the originals 15 dollars it's not that steep an increase in price no especially for a shoe like oh no $75 for a shoe. It's actually, I mean, $75 for a pair. Yeah, my Doc Martens were uh, 
How much were they? I think they were a hundred. You don't want to know how much my work shoes cost. I what 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 work shoes do you have? Well, they're they're dress shoes. Yes. So they're they're good shoes, and I'm on my feet for eight and a half hours a day. Understandable. So they're really good. My shoes were a hundred and fifty-five dollars. My shoes, shoes. That was that. <laughs> my shoe was that. I see. Yes. So we're we talking like Italian leather loafers here or what? Nope. Oh, well, I don't think they're Italian. Uh, they're not loafers either. They're just really comfortable, really good looking shoes. It's always those things where people, what was, what was it? Uh, I forgot exactly what it was called, but it was the same logic where you spend your money where you spend your time. Yep. You spend a third of your day in your bed. Buy a good bed. Yes. You spend a third of your day on your feet. Buy good shoes. Yep. If you spend the other third of your day on your computer, <laughs> that's, wow, that's actually, that's my day. Huh. <laughs> There's the breakdown. Is, is that kind of sad? Yes, except it's not actually the breakdown because I don't spend a third of my day in front of the computer and I certainly don't spend a third of my day in my bed. I don't get eight hours of sleep every night. I don't get eight hours of sleep either. Like five hours, four or five hours. Let's see how much sleep I got last night. Hello, Fitbit dashboard, which is actually just basically a rescreened website yep reskinned uh, reskinned let's see six hours and ten minutes uh i got more than that last night a couple nights before that i didn't like three hours of sleep okay so chucks yeah that's kind of cool uh maybe i'll i'll go try one on Do they say where these are just any shoe store um well they are going to be coming out in a little bit here okay oh 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 that reminds me there's another product that just came out that i'm really 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 excited about oh gluten-free cheerios Gluten-free Cheerios? Gluten-free Cheerios. Do you know how many years it's been since I've eaten Cheerios? Oh, probably very long time. Twelve years. Twelve years with no Cheerios. I'm very excited. How does that work? Because isn't Oats. Cheer- oh. Cheerios are oats. Oats are naturally gluten-free. Gotcha. They, they do not have the gluten protein, but it's always been cross-contamination and they've used other ingredients that do have gluten, like barley malt. Same reason why there is a gluten-free Rice Krispies is the barley malt. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. And it's like, okay. Well, no, I, I, I'm happy that you are able to expand your food options. Yep. I'm just kind of upset at the people who do not have a gluten allergy yet still want to have a gluten-free diet. Yeah, whatever. People people don't yell at vegetarians for not wanting to eat meat. True. And their reasons are often just as wishy-washy, messy. There, There are the ones who don't do it because of ethical beliefs, but that's their prerogative. It's summertime. If if uh, my thought is, if you don't want me to yell at you about having a gluten-free diet, don't go out of your way to basically complain about your gluten-free diet that you have picked to do yes. on your own. Yes. Summertime. In the city? No, on the internet. On the internet. Comes back to a yearly event. Summer Games Done Quick. Okay. Starts tomorrow. Oh, really? The 26th. Oh, is this the thing where it's just speed run after speed run after speed run? Speed run after speed run after speed run for a week. Oh, goodness gracious. They do it twice a year. There's the Summer Games Done Quick and the Games Done Quick, uh, typically in January. And so they're going to do Summer Games Done Quick. So this is like Loading Ready Runs Desert Bus. Except way more exciting. <laughs> Very true. Way, way, way more exciting than the Desert Bus for Hope. Wow, in their January event, the group raised over a million dollars for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Yep, this one is for Doctors Without Borders. Both of those are good organizations. Yep, so I'm excited because I want to watch some speedrunners. I've gotten to watch speedrunners before. They're pretty good. They're actually disgustingly good. I don't doubt that. I have a good friend who actually does, uh, she's one of the, I think she is the world record holder on this one game, which is just this impossible, impossible game. And she just, she barely tries anymore. She can beat it just doing it. It's incredible to see how, how much time and effort gets put into this. So summer games done quick. Go check it out. Watch it. So, uh, what else we got here? Oh, speaking of watching, Chromecast is now two. Two years old. He's so cute. How much of the Chromecast was the Nexus Q? 
I don't know, since I never actually had the cube. I just feel like all the, the R&D that went into the queue was just sunk directly into the Chromecast. Right? They looked at the Nexus Q and they said, you know what, this was a bad idea and a $300 price point was a terrible idea. Can we make it smaller and easier and just drop it into the HDMI port and do it for like 30 bucks? Turns out the answer is pretty much yes. Yeah. But if you have a Chromecast... Since it is the second anniversary, there are lots of Chromecast things going on. Chromecast things? Well, there are offers, but then there are also some Google Play offers going on as well. Yep. Uh, You can get 90 days of free Google Music. You can get a free movie rental. I think there's free um, Hulu Plus for a bit as well. Should we bring a Chromecast for the cabin? I think it actually has a Chromecast. It has a Chromecast? I'll have to ask my brother, but I do believe so. Okay. Should I bring Smash Brothers for the Wii U? I don't know. Okay. Well, so that's a thing. Also a thing. Chromecast is too. Hacks! Hacks, hacks, hacks. So many hacks. Ashley Madison was hacked. (laughs) I love that, where they, they... So Ashley Madison, for those who don't know, is a website for those seeking an affair. Affairs. Yeah. I wonder if you could just use it as a dating website if you just had no morals about, like, someone else having an affair. Probably not. What do you mean, probably not? Well, you could go on there. Other people are looking for an affair on this website, so you could use it as a dating website if you have a thing for married people. Or if you just don't care. Or if you just don't care, yes. Right. So it's, so, it is it is a dating website. Pretty it, much, It's yes. just a dating website with the understanding that the other person is probably already in a relationship. Yes. So there are over 37 million members have signed up for the service in 40 countries. Okay. Um, and someone hacked it. Yes. A group called, what do they call themselves? Uh, the impact. So the impact team um, hacked the website and got basically pretty much all the data. All the data. Pretty much because they are uh, saying that they are, will post basically all the information unless the website is taken down. And they, in order to prove this, they actually released just a random username and information about somebody. And they people have already figured out who this guy is. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. Well, He signed up for a cheating website, so you can't feel too bad for him. I would like to point out that we don't know the circumstances. True. He's in Well, no, I mean, it's still... I I keep forgetting that the other side would also be having an affair. So, no, that's that's still, uh, yeah, not the best thing. Let's see. Identity is now... Because I'm thinking, like, you know, what if he's in a failing marriage? They're already undergoing divorce proceedings. He wants to to see something new. Okay, so the man is from... No, the other side. Brockton, Massachusetts. Uh, His name, profile, ID home address, email address, and a list of fantasies were included in the manifesto message as an example of the information the hackers have. Wow. Man's profile reads, says, I have only two personal interests on this site, making sure that you are comfortable with me should I be so fortunate to hold your attention and making sure that I take the role of discretion to an art form. I mean, isn't this why we're all here to be discreet as possible? Wow. Okay. So, I... hmm. So what's what's really funny, though, on this fact is that if you wanted to wipe yourself completely from the website, you could pay them nineteen dollars and they would they for this nineteen dollars, they would scrub you from their system completely. Or so they said. Uh, it turns out that um, even though the Ashley Madison Group earned $17 million in revenue from this full profile erasure, um, users almost always pay with credit card. Their purchase details are not removed as promised and include real name and address, which of course is the most important information the users want removed. Yep. So they're like, sure, we'll remove you from our system, but we'll just keep your payment information on file. Yeah. Well, they gotta, right? Like you, you need, what if they get audited by the IRS? So now there's uh there was a brief moment where Ashley Madison was thinking about getting an IP well the company that owes them was thinking of going public. <laughs> but now that's kind of Yeah, not, uh, not so much. That's on hold right now. Yeah, I believe it. Other hacks. Jeep. Chrysler is in trouble. So to set the stage. Yes. We reported a few years ago about two guys who figured out how to use the onboard not the the onboard dash on dashboard whatever computer but they used the entertainment system to gain access to the rest of the car's computer yes and this was done with them in the car they had to hardwire themselves into the system right. and 
car companies said, oh, whatever, you have to be, like, wired into the car. So screw you guys and your dog, too. Fast forward to now, where these guys have now looked at cars and said, well, cars... A lot of modern cars are on a cellular network. Yes, so you're on Star, you're sort of connection things there. And so by using that, they have been able to access the car through the cellular network. And once they were in the car, they were able to load firmware that they wrote that opens up everything, which means they can hack your car from anywhere. The proof of concept, hey, we can actually do this demo was sending a reporter onto the highway in a car, and they turned off his transmission Yes, on the highway. Well, they first did little funny things, like um, turning on the air air. conditioning to max, turning on the windshield wipers. Turning on the radio. Turning on the radio. But then while they're on the highway, they went and... Cut the transmission. Cut the transmission, yeah. This is not cool. I mean, it is, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, a little part of me goes like, holy shit, that's really cool. Another part of me goes like, holy shit, that's not cool. No. Uh, They, all Chrysler cars made after a certain date were vulnerable. Yes, because the Uconnect, the internet internet connected computer feature in hundreds of thousands of Chrysler cars. um, Millions. Could, uh, if you knew the car's IP address, gain access from anywhere in the country. Millions of cars. Any Chrysler vehicle with Uconnect from late 2013 all the way through early 2015. Now, the plus side, the good parts of the story, uh, the two guys who did this aren't holding a grudge against the auto industry and genuinely want to help out. Yes. uh, And have been working with Chrysler to fix this issue, which has prompted Chrysler, good old Chrysler Fiat, to recall 1.4 million cars. 1.4 million? 1.4 million vehicles in the U.S. have been recalled for a voluntary safety recall. Now, the, the, uh, this patch that they have to install here to fix this must mm-hmm. be manually implemented via a UB- USB stick or a dealership mechanic. So you technically actually could do this yourself. If, if they mailed you the USB. Yep. Well, no, you, you can download the update and then put oh, it on a USB. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's clever. So you could do this yourself. How many people aren't going to? That's the question is. They're, they're going to... I mean, this is, to, this is so dangerous. Yeah, well, okay, so they're they're going to talk about this at the Black Hat conference next month. Yeah. They're going to post part of their code online, not yep. all of it. As is typical with Black Hat. Yeah. It's, hey, we can do this, here's some proof, and here's some of how we did it. We're not going to tell you everything, because we don't want to just let anyone do it. Yeah, but, th- th- uh, yeah, the automakers kind of need to... It, like, this was... Um, we talked about a few weeks ago the garage door openers. Yep. Where it's like, oh, wow, you can do that with the garage door opener? Just Oh, by the way, I replaced my garage door opener. Okay. <laughs> For totally unrelated reasons, but now it, it is, I'm sure, a, a, what was it, cycling? Mm-hmm. So I should be safe now. Yeah. Why are these two systems actually connected? Why does my entertainment system need to be connected to the engine control system? Well, my guess is... All right, hold on. I'm trying to read how they exactly are doing this. Where is it at? Where is it at? Man, I thought I read this whole article, but it turns out I only got, like, part of the way through. Oh, no. Which article? The news... The the reporter's experience? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, so they, they get into the car's head unit, which is the entertainment system. Right. And then they rewrite the chip's firmware to plant their code. The rewritten firmware is capable of sending commands through the car's internal computer network, known as a CAN bus, to its physical components. Right. So, um, but but that's that's my question. Why is the entertainment system part of that system? Diagnostics is what my guess is. Isn't that what the on dash diagnostic system, the OBD two, whatever it is, the onboard diagnostic onboard diagnostic. Board. I don't know why I keep thinking it's on dash. No onboard on- diagnostics. Yes, but um, how would you control the air conditioning? On your car day. Not with the entertainment system. I just drove a brand new Dodge Journey. Yep. It's all right there on the screen. It's all right there on the screen. Every piece of it's on the screen. Yes. The radio, mm-hmm. the map. Yep. The AC. Yep. And the AC is AC is literally part of the engine. It It's part of that whole engine network right. there. I'd, I'd remove the AC from the entertainment system. 
But everybody wants all that stuff in one spot. Consumers want a one-stop solution rather than trying to figure out here, 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 or here to do this. You still have to do here, 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 or here. Tell me, on on this this shiny new car, were there buttons for the AC? As part of the... Were there physical buttons that you pressed? Were there physical buttons? There was one to turn the fans up and down. And to turn the AC on? No, that was part of the climate control system, which was on the display. It was all touchscreen? Yes. Wow. There was three buttons down there. I haven't had a chance to look at them yet because, you know, I was driving at the time. But it looks like a majority of that is part of that system. Okay, that's a mistake. Silly, silly mistake. People are going to pay for it. My my guess, though, on this one is kind of like OnStar, where if your check engine light comes on, because I, I think OnStar can do this, where if your check engine light comes on, you hit the OnStar button, you say, hey. What's wrong? What's my check engine light's on? What's going on? And the person will be able to go in there. And look it up. And look it up. So all the sensor data and all that other stuff is all just part of the, the car. The network. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. All so right. yes, well, should they should they, they make need to a start disconnect? securing shit? Yes, they really need to start securing shit. This well, is not cool. Well, what's good though is the fact that Congress is also yeah uh, starting to get on this. I bet they are. There is a law currently trying to get through Congress. Um, yeah, the bill called the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, uh, oh, we'll, oh, we'll call on the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration and the FTC to set new security standards and create a privacy and security rating system for consumers. Yep. Other car news. Yes. M-City is, I think, done. Yeah, no, it got opened up earlier. Cool. M-City it- is the 32-acre fake city built in Ann Arbor, in the north side of Ann Arbor, uh, for the express purpose of testing Testing smart cars, driverless cars, advanced cars, cars with special features, uh, the car-to-car communication that Michigan was working on, testing cars. Which I am excited about. It's really cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's well, especially think, if you think about this, where, where are the cars currently getting tested? Right? Autonomous vehicles are getting tested in Southern California, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, mm-hmm. Texas, all places that pretty warm and dry. No winter testing. No winter testing. So, and it would be great is if you, Google just takes its automatic vehicle, brings it up to Ann Arbor in, say, January, and just lets it roam this mini city during wintertime and see how it reacts. This is this is a perfect opportunity because that's what we need for automatic vehicles to actually become prevalent is its ability to handle all weather conditions. Yeah, which you're not going to deal with snow and sleet in L.A. Yeah, just not going to happen. But in Ann Arbor. Yeah, this thing just doesn't look that big. Well, there's there's two sections. This is the picture. It looks like is the city section, but there's also a highway section as well built. I'm looking at what I assume is the entire compound where the city is just one small piece of it. There's a couple traffic circles. All right, I'm going to the U of M website to see what it looks like. But yeah, no, they had an open house on uh, Thursday. So nice. some of my friends who are still in Ann Arbor, I saw pictures of this. and we'll go, Oh, good, it's open. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's the whole thing. Really? Because hmm. I thought there was supposed to be a highway section as well. Nope. Yeah, that's the, that's the whole picture. Wow. I mean, there's road that goes around the outside of it, which... I could be the highway. Maybe. Hold on, I'm loading the the descriptive map, which is taking forever to load. Forever. Oh, there um, it is. Electronic Sports League is worried about drug use. Yes. And performance-enhancing drugs. Like Adderall. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Prozac? <laughs> like... What what performance enhance? Okay, so Adderall things to keep you calm and focused. Okay, so the map finally loaded it. There's a, the the straightaway between the two big circles is the limited access freeway. The straightaway between the two big circles, the one going down almost the center. Yes. Or around the oh those two big circles. Yeah. Okay. So you see the U of M roundabout, and then there's one circle just next to that one, and then there's a big yeah the big empty space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that long stretch is the limited access freeway. Okay. Wow. There's a lot of stuff on here. Yep. Gravel roadway with railroad crossing, traffic circle, single or uh, uh, traffic light intersection, truck lane road. There's no road, on or off ramps. Roundabout calibration mound, uh, limited access freeway with access ramps, highway signage, guardrails, crash attenuators, and concrete Jersey style barrier. Cool. I don't see anything like underground parking though. Well, there's an underpass. Mm-hmm. That's what they've got. Uh, Mandarin gravel roadway. 
metal bridge deck, tree canopy, four-way intersection, and the two open test areas. The big circles. Yes. Yep. So they the, built... Here's they, some they, space for you to just do something. Yeah. Wow, they actually built a pretty extensive... It, it's squeezed pretty tight, but it yeah. is all there. Yeah. I also love how there's literally state and liberty right there. It's like, oh, look at that. Yep. But yeah, no, esports. I never thought of having to get people drug tested for esports. What if I've been like actually prescribed Adderall? <laughs> like I legitimately need it for my day to day. I, I don't know, because I, I know the Tour de France has some serious limits on what you're allowed to have during that thing there. I think you're only allowed to have like X amount of aspirin. Are we going to have to get to that point where it's, I'm sorry, you're going to have to get off your Adderall for two weeks prior to the event? Yeah, except that's going to like kill people. Yeah. Is it going to come to the point where you can only have X amount of caffeine during the event? Oh my god, caffeine! I'm sorry, but your uh, 64 ounce Mountain Dew has to go. There's too much caffeine in that. No. Esports brought to you by Red Bull, a banned beverage since 2016. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be hard to do. Yep. New low caffeine Red Bull. <laughs> Same terrible flavor with less caffeine. So, last bit of news. AT&T and DirecTV. Yeah. It's official. It's going through? It's going through. Wow. Tom Wheeler sent a letter earlier this week to the other FCC chairman saying that in their meeting on Friday that they should approve the merger. Yep. And the FCC approved the merger. So therefore, the Justice Department said this week that it had enclosed its investigation into the deal. Okay. So the approved acquisition cost, $48.5 billion. For AT&T to buy one. DirecTV. Yeah, $48.5 billion. Billion. With a B. Billions and billions. Uh, I got nothing. There are some conditions to the merger. Yeah. Just like there were, you know, there were conditions for the Comcast Time Warner, or not the Comcast, Comcast NBC, NBC merger. Yeah. Because um, they said, hey, if you guys are getting a satellite company, you're probably going to slow down your fiber to the home expansion because they'd say, hey, just do satellite instead. Right. So they're saying that they're, they are required to expand the high-speed internet access, their fiber, to 12.5 million customer locations. So they will be forced to expand their fiber network in order to get DirecTV. We'll see how that goes. True, yeah. Verizon was supposed to do a lot of expansion of their network and... Didn't happen. No. Uh, They are also going to be required to give gigabit internet access to uh, eligible libraries and schools. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are also going to be doing, just like Comcast, they're supposed to give a discount to low-income subscribers. They will also be forced to refrain from imposing discriminatory usage-based allowances or other discriminatory retail terms and conditions on its broadband internet service. (laughs) All right. They will also be uh, required to submit their interconnection agreements, so they're they're sharing stuff. They're like the Netflix Comcast deal with yeah. the commission, and retain compliance officers to ensure that conditions are met. So AT and T and Directv with those conditions, which will normally last for about four years, is going through. Okay, well we'll uh, keep you guys updated on that one. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be something. Granted, instead of having you know the AT and T bundles, what the bundles normally internet, TV, and landline phone. I wonder if they're going to do internet, TV, and cell phone now as a bundle. Does Verizon do that? Internet, TV, and cell phone. Uh, Verizon does internet, TV, and phone. But is that landline or is that cell phone? Landline. Well, it's your house connection. I don't know if it's technically still a landline, but it is your house connection. That's it then. All right. All right. Random review. Yes, Dave. Is my week. Yes, after I did it three times in a row. Hey, you want to do it twice in a row because I did it twice in a row. And then, oh, it's not my f- Okay, shush. <laughs> <laughs> did you almost say it's not my fault that I wasn't here last week because... Totally my fault I wasn't here last week. I was yes. at a picnic last week. Yes. I had l- steak and lobster last what week. Of- <laughs> That's what I was doing instead of being here. You know what that reminds me of? What? Um... Harry Anderson, when I think it's my, my my company cousin? picnic, is that what it reminds you of? Because that's uh, what it was. No, my uh, my cousin, who's a doctor from yeah. U of M, yeah, was coming in for homecoming. Um, and so I was going to go to the game with them. Yeah, uh, my parents are also from U of M. So um, we went to their homecoming thing there, which the engineering school and stuff was basically like literally they were tapping a keg. Like they okay. got a keg and they got the basket and they got filled it with ice and they were tapping yeah. a keg. That's like your tailgate thing. They had the grill out and everything. 
Then my parents uh, drop me off with Harry, and we go to the medical school's homecoming. Yeah. Which is at the Sheraton, <laughs> which is catered by the Sheraton. Yep. So no, like you said, there was the lobster, there was the steak, yep. there was the omelet station, there was the pasta station, there was, it was ridiculous. I'm sitting there going like... One of these schools makes more money from its graduates than the other. Yes. Yes, it does. Sorry, but that's what it reminded me of. Like, you would go to a picnic and you have steak and lobster. That's not a picnic. It, it was totally a picnic. It was, it was a picnic for 11,000 people. <laughs> Where we served steak and lobster and roasted potatoes and green beans. There was a root beer float station. There was uh, brownies and cupcakes. For kids, there were hot dogs. Because you're not going to waste steak and lobster on a kid. Uh, you, you could either get a serving of steak and lobster, so surf and turf, where you had a lobster tail and two um, small pieces of tenderloin, smallish pieces of tenderloin, or you could just do double lobster tail or double steak. I've never, I think I had lobster with some lobster mac and cheese, but I, I don't, I don't you know, really, I don't had, get lobster. It's tasty. It's not great to me, but it's it's tasty. I would rather just take the double steak, please. Yep. Do you want to? We do this every year. Do you want to come to the picnic next year, Andy? I would have to drive to Wisconsin for that. Yes, you you and Kate would have to drive out here. It, it depends on how much vacation I am able to handle. Okay, it's usually around your birthday. Okay, somewhere around that weekend. Right. So anyway, last week you were at a picnic. Yeah. This week you're doing the random review. All right. The review. Uh, I'm reviewing the iRobot 58502 Roomba vacuuming robot. 58502. 58502. Okay. Vacuuming robot. I caved. I, I got so tired of i have a dyson i have a a refurbished pet specific dyson vacuum and i still got just so tired of trying to vacuum after my dog who sheds constantly all year i caved and bought a roomba holy shit it's nice Oh my god, it's so nice to have this thing. My floors have never been cleaner. Well, that's nice. It's it, it it's incredible. It doesn't work the way I thought it did. I thought that it like mapped out the rooms and it would remember them. No, no. it's it's totally just like blind navigation. Yeah, no, it's it's like the uh, we had a pool cleaner that was sort of like that where if you just let it go, sooner or later it's going to finally go Cover around everything. the whole yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Uh you you just press start and it goes. It undocks and it starts vacuuming and when it fills up it says hey i'm full doesn't actually say it but it makes a noise and it'll go back and find the dock again when it gets low on battery it goes and finds the dock again it it it's it's amazing now do you have the pet series is that what yes. you have okay i bought it re uh reconditioned so i paid 230 dollars and it I'm I'm I love it. I absolutely love it. It is so nice to just be like, I need to vacuum the upstairs today. Grab the Roomba, pick it up, bring it upstairs and turn it on and then go about your day. Now, how well does it handle um, hardwood floors and switching between wood and carpet? Seamless. Really? It is a seamless transition. It gets louder on hardwood. Well, that's because there's because, wind. Yeah. Right. Just because there, it's nothing to dampen the sound. So it's just louder. It In my house, it goes from hardwood to tile to carpet. No problem. Now, what color are you? Uh, what color are your carpets? I have a creamy beige. Why? Because supposedly um, dark carpets won't work with the Roomba because uh, a sensor sees a dark color, believes it's about to go over an edge, and stops. Hmm. Haven't had that problem. I think, by the way, the thing that won me over with the Roomba was when I was unpacking it. There was a little slip in the package that said, "By the way, if you hack the Roomba, you take full responsibility." Well, that makes sense. Cause I, I, aren't they actually making uh, just a Roomba base? I, essentially. I mean, the Roomba itself is, they, they designed it with people hacking it in mind. But there are actually, even, yeah, there's the, a port. There's a port on the Roomba. I haven't looked for it, but according to the package, there's a port for just hacking it. There's also the iRobot Create, which is just the, the, just the Roomba base. base. Yeah. Nice. Yep. I love it. So you, you have to manually just move it upstairs and downstairs? Yeah. It can't okay. do stairs. 
It's not, it's not that good. But, I mean, oh darn, I pick it up from the dock and carry it up the stairs. You know what I have to do if I wanted to vacuum the stairs before I had the Roomba? You would have to carry the whole vacuum? Right. Yeah. Either way, you're carrying a vacuum. This one is much smaller. But you still have to vacuum the stairs then, right? The stairs themselves, I do have to manually vacuum. Okay. The, the actual stairs, I still have to vacuum. But you do enjoy it. I love the Roomba. It's so good. And it is so hard not to anthropomorphize the Roomba and give it a, a persona and a, a conscience and a consciousness. Like, oh, the Roomba found its way into your craft room. Hmm. So that's what I got. It's the Roomba. It's really good. So you'd suggest that for other people? If, yes. You know, okay. Especially if you have pets. Gotcha. Random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Slightly less random than last week. Yes. Is the internet inclusive or exclusive? This was actually suggested to me because we were discussing the fact that the internet was supposed to be this all-inclusive thing where you're supposed to have everybody coming together on equal footing and it's supposed to be a digital utopia sort of thing. Yeah, I, well, it's certainly not a digital utopia. No. Like there, there are the haves and have-nots. There are people who have influence. There are people who have significantly more influence than others. Is it inclusive or exclusive? I mean, it's both, right? Like, I, it's inclusive in the sense of anyone can can go onto it and start something if you have access to it. That there's a thing we always talk about here, which is the the heck we even talked about just now with the AT and T Direct TV merger, where they have to the AT and T is required to give discounts to low income families so that they can access it. Yeah, so there there's constantly people have shown a digital divide via race, a barrier to entry. Yeah, th- there's a but, barrier to entry that. To, to call it exclusive, how is how is that not exclusive? There's there, there's literally a digital divide in age, race, and income. That's that's not ex, that's not inclusive. If it was inclusive, there wouldn't be those digital divides. This the internet is for us to have a walled garden. Heck, the internet started out as walled gardens. Yep, that is accurate. The internet itself was built to be an exclusive place. Heck, the deep way, the deep web is even more so. Was it, do you really think it was built to be exclusive? Because I don't think that's the case. I don't think that was the, the original goal was let's make something where we have access and other people don't. I think that's a consequence of the, the current model of supporting the infrastructure for it. That in order to get to the internet, you have to go through one of these cellular companies or these internet providers and they are going to charge you for it some people don't have the access because they can't pay for it but there's those those same people and not to not to belittle their position not to say oh it's not that bad for them they still do have access they can many of them not necessarily all of them for instance, go to a public library. Yes, it is not ideal. Yes, it is not the same level of access as you and I have. But I don't think that that's the internet or the design of the internet. That's a consequence of how we're supporting the structure for it. Now you make a valid point there. It's The internet on itself is supposed to be inclusive. It's supposed to be self-reliant. It's supposed to be repairable. That's, the, 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 that's why it's a web. It's a, it's a distributed network. Yeah, which distributed networks have to be inclusive. That's the only way that they're going to work. But yes, so, it, you know, it's, it's not 100% inclusive, certainly right now. But the only people who are banned from the internet, that's what I think of with exclusive, is people who not only because of, of their current circumstances can't get on, but given any set of circumstances wouldn't be able to get on, are like hackers who have committed incredible crimes through the internet and for public safety have been banned from using electronic devices. Or people who live in countries that are dictatorships and such. Right. Where they control the internet access, i.e. the Great Firewall of China. But again, that's not the internet being inclusive or exclusive. That's how people are using it. <laughs> it's it's the it's it's the the handprint of humans on the internet that have caused yeah. the exclusivity. I mean, it's it's like asking is reading inclusive or exclusive. That's I I think that's what it is. I don't agree with the question. Is reading inclusive or exclusive? Well, there's people who can't read. Yeah. But then you're trying to say is the barrier of entry into reading different than the barrier of entry into the internet as a whole? Well, you have to get a library card anyway if you wanted to go to the public library and access the internet. Kate also says that uh, she doesn't think that the founders of the internet could have predicted people wanting to play Angry Birds while they poop. This is also true. 
That is very true. Very true. So, do you think that we're able to, at some point, going to fix this inclusive-exclusive thing? Or do we not need to worry about it? Is it just over... Is it going to fix itself over time? I don't know. I'm certainly not in the position to make that call. I think everybody feels like, yes, we should have this as an all-inclusive. Well, do you think it's moving more towards inclusivity? Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't know, because the the echo chambers of the internet. Right. I think we're too involved in the system to make that call. Well, because... I know we talk about this all the time. It's the, the echo chamber. It's like the Facebook keeps on basically making the um, the circle of my newsfeed tighter and tighter. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, that's not really being inclusive at all. It just keeps on giving me more of what I want. And that just makes the circle smaller and smaller and smaller. And then it becomes exclusive. It's like, okay, go down. Well, I mean, now I'm just curious. Let me go to my But it's, it's, it's not making it any more or less exclusive. No. It's just changing what you see. But there's also, nothing that stops you from reaching out to see more. It's making it extremely difficult to try and reach out and see more because it knows it, that it, 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 knows, it knows what I want to see. No, 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 no. Wait, it's not making it more difficult to reach out. It's not limiting that. It's just that it's much easier for you not to reach out. Are those really two different things? Yes. I can make it harder for you to reach out. I can also just make it easier for you to not reach out. Those are two different things. Or it's like you're not locking the door to the outside, but you're just bringing everything outside. Uh, so it, let's, let's take that example. I'm not locking the door to go outside. I'm just bringing you your drinks where you are. I'm fluffing the pillows. I'm bringing in the more comfy chairs. Outside is still there. You are welcome to go outside. Ooh, this is a lot more deep than last week's random topic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I I don't know what else to do with this one. It's it's a it's a tough cookie. Something that we should always you know think about is. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You got something to do. Yep. All right. Let's call it. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.